0: Hello again, and welcome to the Not Entirely Perfect Podcast. I am your host, Brooke Heim, and our guest today is going to be the ever-fabulous Andy Wilson. He's joining us again.
1: Um, I'm fabulous. Yay! I'm fabulous.
0: Uh, We're going to be talking about some stuff I'm pretty excited to talk about that's been happening in the news over the last couple of weeks, and uh, my apologies to all of you listeners for not putting out a podcast last week if we're getting this one out so late this week um, we had some scheduling conflicts with the guests that were scheduled and uh, we're just going to be moving forward so thank you for coming back for the third episode and uh, we're going to jump into it so this week on the podcast we're going to be talking about um, roundabout all in all what Feminism used to be what it has been, and more importantly, how we individualize it for ourselves um, in respects to things that are going on in the world around us right now. Uh, we're going to talk about some geek culture and where it started from, and we're also going to get into uh, some bills that have been passed in Texas and Utah and Oklahoma over the last couple of weeks, and how and why we continue to allow <laughs> these men to make, create, and revise laws that directly impact only women over and over and over and over and over. So um, I guess kind of started start off, I wanted to talk about how there's there's been a lot of Uh, movies coming out lately that have to do with comics i don't know if anyone has noticed this or not but it seems like they're coming out pretty quickly
1: i have noticed i think think we get five or six this year it's pretty crazy i mean we're getting like three within the space of a month and a half
0: yeah
1: and and four just in the first six months of the year like that's insane yes
0: And one of the upcoming ones... And I love it. <laughs> one of the upcoming ones that's going to be coming to us is the Suicide Squad. And a few months back, I was asked by a reporter. Uh, he talked to me and um, used some clips for me on an article that he was writing talking about the Suicide Squad, and more specifically Harley Quinn. And for those of you um, who may or may not be familiar with the comic books harley quinn is a fascinating character and i'm going to kind of use her to kick off this episode Um, she was she's in the dc comics and she originally appeared in the batman animated series so harley quinn falls in love with the joker but only after she goes to college and gets this amazing job as a psychiatrist and she is just this great strong woman who has set up her career and her life and she knows what she's doing and where she's going and what she wants to do and she's given an opportunity to meet with the Joker and um, as we all know the Joker is a highly despicable man with, with all sorts of abilities to smooth talk the people around him but she falls in love with him and everything that she has worked for in her life up until this point, she just sort of throws out the window and she becomes like certifiably crazy. Just like 100% absolutely just into the Joker. And, and, and she kind of, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Andy, um, seems to vacillate a little bit between who she was and who she has become and fighting a little bit of a dichotomy
1: within herself. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think I think a little bit. And I'm—I mean, I'm not the biggest DC guy, so uh, I think our listeners will probably correct me if I'm wrong on this too. But yeah, I mean, I mean, she was she was a, a psychiatrist. She was a shrink, a brilliant one. And I think there's still that part of her in there. And she's certainly still brilliant. I mean, yeah, the is brilliant.
0: I think part so. of why she has become so crazy is because she was so smart. And in order to completely turn away from that, she kind of has to go, like, to live in crazy land. You really have to turn your back on that. But there's part of that that's always going to be pulling you back into that part of well, what you it's to be, like...
1: Yeah, it's kind of, the. that's the Joker's M.O. is uh, he's trying to show how insane the world is by creating all sorts of violence and stark contrast and making people choose the unchoosable Uh, in order to drive them as crazy as he is and to expose the insanity in our society and the hypocrisy in our society. I mean, after all, he spends his time being chased by uh, a guy who's also certifiable wearing a giant bat costume. So the Joker knows how crazy (laughs) everything is, and and I think so does Harley, and that's that's what's interesting here. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And um, she befriends Poison Ivy who, you know, we all know it's also another very strong female character, um, albeit a quote-unquote villain I I do think it's interesting how many female villains there are in the DC world and how how amazing they are (laughs) they're really fascinating characters Um,
1: they all are amazing and they're they're all kind of sexy, which is interesting too, I think that, I mean, I think that comes out of the 80s a little bit and Residual stuff, but I mean, um, it hasn't
0: been in love
1: with right? Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, Julie Newmar. Oh, hello, Lee Merriweather, too. Yeah, Eartha Kitt, even come on, like that was like, oh, that was like my childhood. Uh, like if if there are things that are responsible for me being heterosexual, um, I think Lee Merriweather is probably one of
0: them. That, <laughs> that, the, the, yeah, and see. That's another reason why I'm not. <laughs> uh-huh. So, fully support that statement. Um, yep. But to me, like, I was asked, why is Harley Quinn the female icon of the comic world? And I I thought about it for a long time, and I was like, well, she's not. Um, but then I, I thought about it further. It's one of those things where it took me a, a while to really wrap my head around who and what Harley Quinn is and, and what she symbolizes for me because like my brother likes Harley Quinn and um, I learned about her from him basically and he has like a Harley Quinn doll for my little niece and different things and I was thinking about it and I was just like a lot of feminists, not all feminists, mind you, not all Heroes.
1: Hashtag not all feminists. Yeah,
0: like, not everyone has to come from a, a beat-up background. Like, I'm not saying that. Um, but a lot of the original feminists and people who, who did sacrifice their lives for things that we very much take for granted um, came from some pretty tough backgrounds, and it was pretty hard to, to reconcile um, what their life was. And so they worked really hard to change that and to push things away that they felt were wrong and to to work for the right to vote and to be able to own land and to in return not be owned by a man and to be able to have jobs and a college education and be able to speak out about these things regardless of color or race or in
1: reality the the right to have gender. Yeah, the right to have Bodily autonomy and not be able to be beaten by your husband or raped by your husband. Yeah, the, I mean, come the, on. The, you
0: were in charge of your own body. Was a huge. It was, they died, literally died for these rights, and these are things that uh, are very much. When I hear people that are usually younger than me saying, "Well, we don't need feminism," and I'm tired of feminism, and these aren't things that I look for that affect me. I've never encountered these things. I just want to say but that that's the point. <laughs> like in America we have quote unquote freedom because people have died and worked and slaved for those freedoms. And so it it just gets into this thing and I feel like Harley Quinn sort of represents the journey. Like, when she was younger, she worked so hard for her education and for herself and for her life. And then she got to the point to where she was successful and she was um, still working hard and an amazing psychiatrist. And she kind of turns a corner when she meets this guy. And all of a sudden those things that were so important to her and those things that she was fighting so hard for and those things that she needed to accomplish in her life were no longer because there is a new bar. There is a new set of desires. And and she was happy and she was in her joker costume. Like she, she was this new person and so Why would she need what she used to have? She doesn't need those things, and she made new friends that had her same ideals and these 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 things. And I feel like where her story goes is kind of an outline for what's happened with feminism, where we started out working so hard, and now it's sort of become a joke. But (laughs) ironically, the person who has made it a joke is the problem, and exactly what we should be fighting against instead of just accepting guidance from. And so, um, for all of those of you who are going to be seeing the Suicide Squad movie, you know, enjoy it, but take that little bit of information in there with you. this <laughs> the destruction of feminism. No, I'm, I'm not going that far. <laughs> but um, when I look at that, I think, so, here we have this fictional character, and looking at our politics and and our—it's not just. This is the thing that really gets me. This isn't just an election cycle. This isn't just politics. Like these are the futures of our future children and my daughter and her children. Like the the law in Oklahoma that was passed just last week said that. To sum it up. Um, if you are passed out and drunk, you cannot be orally raped, for lack of a better term. Like Being passed out and intoxicated and blacked out, if some guy forces you to perform oral sex, that's not against the law, because it's your own fault, basically, for being drunk. Um, so many things wrong with that. <laughs> So, so many things wrong with that. And that's not gonna go away. Like it, it, hopefully it will, hopefully, you know, things will start to get better. But as we as we go into this election cycle and as we are looking at who our political options are and the fact that there are three Supreme Court justice seats up in the air, like there are huge things riding on this. And instead of looking at everything that is happening with clear eyes and with the same standard for all of the candidates, I continually see a harsher, more focused magnifying glass being held to Hillary Clinton than there is to Bernie Sanders or to Donald Trump, um, as he is now all that we are left with for the Republican Party. <laughs> so, oh, good job. Um, and it, it's interesting to me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow Andy to start throwing in some bits of wisdom here. Um, I guess we can talk about the the three laws that were passed. And,
1: uh, yeah, Brooke, why do you only bring me on to talk about rape? Come on. We need. No, I'm, I'm kidding. We, start, we started off with comic books. I can't be too... Uh, I can't be too <laughs> well, awesome.
0: it's not just but, that law. Like here in the state of Utah, they've passed um, a law over... I think it was last week or just this week that they're starting to enforce it, where women have to be anesthetized to have abortions um, because of the pain that it is causing to have the abortion, which uh, makes me want to vomit because they're absolutely enforcing their perceptions of birth and the life of a, a fetus versus an embryo versus a child and a, a baby and a board like they're forcing yeah. these ideals onto every single woman in the state of Utah, regardless of if she believes it or not, or if she will ever have an abortion or not, like it doesn't matter you now have to live by their standard
1: yeah, and I mean, like you talk to a doctor like an actual medical doctor, an OBGYN, someone who performs abortion, and they will tell you that all of this stuff is absolutely 100% not necessary. This whole idea of fetal pain is its, Made it's up. pseudoscience. Yeah, it's not... I mean, it, it it's seriously... It's just another reason. Like, look, I'm not going to... I'm not going to defend abortion as, like, a, um, as, like, I don't even want to get into the morality, is it moral or not? Um, I hold respect for life no matter what form it takes, but I, that includes respecting a woman and her right to choose. (laughs) and uh, this that woman will have to carry that child to term and i i can't make that decision for her i don't feel comfortable doing that whatsoever and this is just about the state imposing its will on people um you may remember uh two three years ago uh, Texas passed one of the most restrictive abortion bills in the country. It's currently being reviewed at, uh, at the Supreme Court. Um, it's probably going to come down 4-4, which will then mean it goes down to the circuit court level. It's um, a great movie at South by Southwest, uh, which is a film festival and music festival here in Austin, where I live, uh, and it was called Trapped and uh, it was all about these traps that states are setting up to uh, basically try and legislate away access to abortion by making it incredibly hard for a woman to get access to a doctor they say you have to do it at a hospital or a surgical center that a doctor who performs the procedure has to be able to have admitting privileges at a hospital Um, there are, uh, there are laws about where they can be located. Like they can't be within X number, certain feet of, of a school or something like that. And it's just like, you know, you guys do realize that this is legal and been, has been legal and constitutionally protected for longer than Brooke and I have been alive. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, a new thing. Like, it's it's not a new thing, and they keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away, so that in the name of it, it, it's, like... it's it's it, they it's almost like they think they can just like make it so inaccessible it'll just go away, but that's not what's happening. Like since uh, this Texas's abortion law has gone in into effect. The number of clinics that provide elective abortion uh, has been decimated across the state and most women have to go to one of the big cities to be able to do that. Texas is a huge state and for some women this means like four or five hours to be able to get to a doctor to be able to do this. I don't know how many of you have like that amount of time on your hands right. to like go and do something like that, but like, it's when just, you're already it's just... struggling and in a
0: situation where this is an option, like time is going to be pretty vital right now in America, there are 12 states currently who have banned abortion after 20 weeks. There are three states in addition to that who have a ban blocked, waiting for court action. And then there's the state of Utah who requires anesthesia for abortions after 20 weeks. So, and here's here's my point about it. Like I'm not gonna get into Democrat versus Republican. Uh, should we or but you should we should. allow abortion, right? Like I am a Democrat. <laughs> I'm very bothered by Utah Democrats. Who say, well, I'm a Democrat, but uh, I don't believe in pro choice. Like I'm a Democrat except that I'm pro life. But everything else, everything else I'm a Democrat, except except for except for giving women the right to choose what to do with their bodies. Besides that, I'm like I'm a total Democrat. Like I'm totally Democrat. Um, I think that's much crap. Uh, <laughs> you can be pro choice and never have an abortion. Just so everyone's aware, like you don't actually have to, we're not gonna start coming and stealing your babies and killing them just because you've decided to vote Democrat. So you can actually be a Democrat and be a Democrat. Um, in the state of Utah right now, we have two different people running for office. Challenging Mike Lee for Senate, there are two Democrats. One of them is Misty Snow, and the other one is Jonathan Swinton. and. Jonathan Swinton is the Democrat who is not pro-choice, and Misty Snow um, is a true progressive, she says that's always gonna stand up for for working people. Now, I'll let you guys look into who they are um, and do your own little research on them, but it's amazing to me that we can have A Democrat running who is opposed to Planned Parenthood and actively working um, and calling for investigations of Planned Parenthood. Like, I don't, like, I fundamentally don't understand that and how that is our option as a state is someone who is not going to uphold the party lines. Like, why are we allowing this man, why are we allowing any men? To make define revise, enforce and take away current laws that would work for our health like, why do they get a say in it why
1: good question good effing question I mean that that's the key issue it's like I, I said it before, I don't feel like I can make that decision for someone else. I especially can't do that for a woman. I have no frame of reference what it's like to contemplate carrying a child. Like, that is, that is phenomenally huge. And, like, I just... This comes back to something I fundamentally feel... Like, I'm very, very political... And I feel this about almost all levels of legislation. If you're going to legislate how fires get put out, you make sure you talk to firefighters. If you're going to make education policy, the people who should be helping you do that should be the teachers, not the people who write the standardized tests like it is right now. Just throwing that out there, and if if you, you... want to
0: make a law about what consent is going to be for putting a penis in your mouth, maybe talk to someone who's going to put a penis in their mouth.
1: Yeah, maybe. May... Well, well, that could be all sorts of people. <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably it's a
0: majority of them, but
1: there's there's a lot of there's a lot of men who enjoy that. So, um, I I don't judge. Like, bring it no. on. No, but. <laughs> um but yes you're but you're absolutely right and especially when it comes to issues of reproductive health like it's just ridiculous to me and it's always I'm I apologize for stereotyping here but it really does always seem to be these really clueless older white men um oh my gosh there was an instance in uh here in the state of Texas again, a couple of years ago, uh, where one of the sponsors of, of the abortion law, uh, was being asked questions by, by one of his fellow state senators, uh, Senator Letitia yeah. Vandepute from, uh, San Antonio. And he's like, and, and his, uh, his hearing aid wasn't working. And he literally said like, I'm sorry, I, I have problems hearing women. He literally said that. And I understand what he was saying, that the way his <laughs> hearing aid works, that he has a harder time picking up higher frequency voices, but he literally just said he has a hard time listening to them.
0: I'm sorry, honey. I can't listen to you. Yeah. It's, 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 no, seriously. I saw this... Uh... Me, it was a picture that was on a Reddit thread. Is that what they're? I'm not on Reddit. I don't. Yeah. It computes the crap out of me. I'm not even gonna lie. But it's this picture, a billboard on a trailer, and it says in little conversation bubbles. The first one says, "God, please send us someone to cure AIDS, cancer, etc., etc." And the little conversation bubble next to it says, "I did, but you aborted them," and. Underneath that, there's all these comments. And the, the one person says, I'd like to correct this. And they go on to say, God, send us someone to cure AIDS, cancer, etc., etc. I did, but you gave them a substandard education because they lived in an area with poor funding due to poverty taxes. I did, but you let them die because they couldn't afford health care. I did, but due to racism, you stomped out their potential and didn't give them the same opportunities. I did, but because... But you made college education too unaffordable while giving big bankers passes. I did, but you saw a homeless youth before you instead of a kid with potential. I did, but you kicked the downtrodden white while they were already shoulder deep and sinking in sand. And the very last one says... I did, but you forced her to carry an unwanted pregnancy to term, forcing her to become a single mother with limited income, having to sacrifice her college dreams in order to provide for her unwanted child. (laughs) Yup. Yup. It's it's not as simple as before and after 20 weeks. Like, they make it so um, difficult to find resources and get help early on in your pregnancy and to be able to come up with answers and,
1: uh, it's actually really simple. If you want to reduce the number of abortions, if that is your public policy goal, you invest in education and contraception, easy access to contraception and education. And that is why Texas has the highest birth, teen birth rate in the country, because our public school system sucks, especially in areas where um, where girls are most at risk of getting pregnant because of poverty and lack of access to easy access to contraception. And it's just criminal that then we punish these girls. As though they have some sort of moral flaw. They don't have the moral flaw we do. The people in the state legislature have the moral flaw who refuse to put the money into education and basic health care. And it's, yep. it's just I like how they get off pretending that they're some moral authority is completely beyond me.
0: Because that's how they get off. Uh,
1: yeah, no, it is.
0: Um, no, it's, it's really fascinating to me because I, I guess I have obviously always been very invested in, uh, finding out information for myself. But when I was in college, I remember knowing about the morning after pill, knowing about Planned Parenthood, knowing about how to get birth control and contraceptives. And, um, and that was in a very, very... Mormon environment and society and I took a couple of friends to Planned Parenthood to get them other contraceptives of the morning after pill and and finding out about it. And I remember a couple of years ago I had a boyfriend and he was telling me this story about how he had a girlfriend and she he didn't know that she wasn't on birth control. He I think she had kind of alluded to that she was, but she wasn't and um, one day after having sex he he made a comment about something and she's like oh well, i guess we'll find out if i get pregnant <laughs> and he's like what wait a minute you're not wait <laughs> and she's like no da 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 and i just i remember having this conversation and being like so did you go get the morning after pill and he was like no oh. like this was back in like 2005, like that wasn't available. And I was like, "Oh yes, it was." <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah
0: <laughs> it, it was. It most definitely, certainly was available then. I can tell you when it was like, and it was. It was surprising to me that instead of insisting they do something, instead of just waiting to find out, to him. All the responsibility, all of the, the need to, like, the onus of, of whether or not they had a baby was on her. Like, 100%. Like, oh, well, she wasn't on birth control. Like, that was her problem. She should have told me. She should have known about the morning episode. She should have blah, 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 blah. But she's never going to be the one to be making the laws. And, yeah. and to be fair, he isn't either, but women versus men, like, you could have worn a condom.
1: Yeah. You could have
0: talked before having sex. You mm-hmm. could, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But, but still, all of the responsibility of, of that moment was on her. And I guess there was a part of me that was like, <laughs> well played, lady. <laughs> <laughs> to just like casually be like, well, I guess we'll find out. Like, it's your problem too now. Like, part of that story like really entertains me, and part of it really frustrates me. But the information isn't there; it just isn't. And I'm not sure how I found out about it. Um, but also, I mean, I've I've talked to people about how I know that. Oh, you must have been a real slut. You must have been no, no, no. Nope. No. Nope. I, I wasn't. No. Nope. I guess by Utah standards. Nope, still not. Like, doesn't matter. You you don't get to to put that on me. And and that's that's where I think it ties in to Hillary Clinton and how much stricter of a bar we hold her to. It's so much higher. It's so much
1: it it totally is but before we go there i just i want to call this out because it's so ridiculous that in our society that men have more power and yet we put most of the onus on women to decide birth control issues and it's another issue of women being the gatekeepers of sexuality and reproduction like for a boy to go out and have multiple sexual partners while in high school. Oh, well, he's a real, sub- he's a stud. He's sowing his wild oats. That's just, that's just what you do. Oh, he's a crazy teenager. But if you're a girl and you dare to have sex with anyone, oh, you're a slut. It's, it's an absolutely ridiculous double standard. I, I personally think we need to like invest heavily in finding an, easily reversible vasectomy type procedure and just every boy automatically gets it at the age of 13 just like a vaccination and then when you decide you're ready to start having kids you can have it reversed and problem solved we don't have any more babies because we just have like we just say oh well we're gonna we're going to temporarily sterilize all men until they're ready to go. Because I mean, we societally basically make the same, uh, make the same implication towards women. So why not? Why not reverse it? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of kidding on the square here, but I am saying that men need to be more responsible for this. And that would actually be a far more responsible, um, public policy than trying to limit the number of abortions because that literally is trying to close the barn door after the horse is already out. Like yeah. you, you want to prevent unwanted pregnancies, not prevent abortions. And but that, yeah, the double standard with Hillary Clinton. It's exactly the same issue because, um, just. Just like with birth control, men control more of the power, and yet we have these giantly different expectations for what women do. Men sow wild oats and are studs, girls are sluts. And um, for, for political candidates, um, a man is confrontational and gets in your face, oh, well, he tells it like it is. He's, he's not afraid to be politically incorrect. He's going to shake things up. He's an outsider. A woman candidate does that. Oh, she's a bitch. That, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, uh, and I'm going to be talking about this particular thing further on, uh, with the guests that I have recording with me this week. Um, but the, it goes into so many things, like expectations as far as what a boy versus a girl are expected to do with their lives. Like, it's it's so interesting to me that there's so little expectation of women, but yet so much scrutiny of anything that they do or don't do. Uh, there is an independent polling company who, or research fact check company that went through all of the candidates, looked at all of the things like basically just fact-checking everything they've said and during this uh, political cycle and how truthful they were. And Hillary Clinton was by far rated the most truthful of any of the candidates, including Bernie Sanders, including all the Republicans who've dropped out. Like, she was continually the most honest and forthright and accurate of all the candidates. But yet continually I see people constantly talking about what a liar she is and how you can't trust her and she's just all of these things, the big big party, big party and you know, like what the hell?
1: Well that's what twenty years of a smear campaign against you does to a person. And And, I mean, let's talk about double standards. Um, The double standard of being saddled with her husband's political baggage. And the fact that she's... Like, she has to carry baggage about her husband's affairs. Like, it's somehow her fault, and it's somehow uh, some moral problem that she has. That, um, that, you know, Bill Clinton does whatever. It's, it's just so absolutely Ridiculous. insane, right?
0: But yet, presidents who are having affairs besides her husband in the White House are continually praised for it, like, throughout history. Oh, Marilyn Monroe, what did you do with the president? I made his back feel better. Really? Like, for real?
1: I bet she also made his front feel better. hey yeah, oh, wow.
0: She made it all feel better. But, like, it's... I was watching TV, like, I turned on TV today for my daughter, and it was on a station, and The View happened to be on, and I literally don't know anything about those women except that they make me appalled on a regular basis by clips that I see of stupid crap that they say all the time. But, um... I was in the other room, my TV was on, I was grabbing something, I was gonna come back and put it onto Paw Patrol or something for my daughter, I don't know, but I heard the one woman say, well, she's a very strong woman. She's had all of her dirty laundry with her husband's affair and their kid and everything like pulled out in the public spotlight and everything thrown at her and she's strong and she keeps fighting and I would absolutely vote for her and I like walked in I was like so excited I was like oh are we talking about Hillary and they're like yeah it's such a good TV show we really like that show guys it's called The Family you should go watch it because it's really good and I was like oh shoot me like what (laughs) do you realize you just described Hillary Clinton no
1: no they well I don't know depends which one of them it was (laughs) maybe they did I don't know. Daytime television is, is is like a a cognitive wasteland. I'm just yeah.
0: in for like a split second, I was like excited, and then I was like, no, this is all crap. Still, but I see it over and over and over and over. Like, as women, we need. You don't have to. I'm not saying go vote for Hillary because she has a vagina. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the more that we continue to push each other down and tear each other apart with a much higher level of scrutiny than we are doing to any of the male candidates, the further back we get pushed continually over and over and over. And to keep seeing these things, there's that one stand-up comedian with the blonde hair, and she makes weird... Fit. I don't know her name. I hate her. Like, I wish she didn't exist. Um, and I don't... I won't really say that about too many people, but she's horrible. She did this...
1: <laughs> Are you thinking of Chelsea Handler?
0: No, I'm not thinking of Chelsea Handler. I like her. No, this is some, like z-grade comedian that just makes the row go like a facebook post and she was like she did this one it's what really like kicked her into fandom about how i don't need feminism, feminism oh is, you know who i'm talking about i
1: do know who you're talking about and i is don't she, remember her name her name is not worth remembering because her ideas that's exactly
0: my videos. point here i will yeah. not post a link to it with this week's podcast like I will talk about this right now so she did this other one and she was like people need to start beating their kids again I don't know why everyone is having kids and treating them like they're so perfect and special they need to beat their kids they need to yell at their kids like if you have a dog and it shits on your floor you go and rub its nose in the poop and you hit its nose why aren't we doing the same thing with our kids (laughs) just like wait for real is this is your legitimate argument It's oh yeah you don't have kids do you yeah <laughs> no nope, she doesn't and i was a great parent before i became one i was like the best mom ever and then i met yep proof dad and his son and i realized i had no idea what i was doing and then uh i had my kid and like every single day I tear, like torture myself with these realizations that I'm never ever going to be the mother that I want to be or think I could be. But, but still, I gave birth. Every woman that I know that has given birth or has the right to decide whether or not she's going to or what medicine she wants to take, or whether or not she is going to be on birth control or not on birth control, or having sex with one person or 20 persons or whatever it is, I think I should still have the right to decide what those laws are going to look like. But I guess what it comes down to is we do need to be actively involved um, challenging things that aren't right, looking into changing the laws that are happening. Like there, there should be something set up in legislatures where we do get to go in and I don't know, maybe vote or have a voice or talk to the people who are in charge of our states and governments and.
1: Well. There. Calls. Like,
0: there's so many ways that we could be doing these
1: things I don't want to be accused of mansplaining here but there, <laughs> but there is a way to do that it's called electing a majority of our congress who are female and a majority yes. of our legislatures who are female and a majority of our city councils and county councils it's time that we just like exactly. get rid of all this patriarchal BS and 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 free our women candidates because they're amazing. I mean... Yes. Uh, we...
0: Thank you for saying it for me. I was trying not to come out in baseball. Well, but,
1: like, come on. Like, how many other countries have done that? I mean, there are... Okay. There are you countries...
0: that video to my Facebook wall with the... Uh, Jeff Daniels?
1: Yes. Recreating <laughs> I wanted
0: to punch you in your face when you posted that. No, sh- no, really? Other countries have already done this. Of course they have. Like 10, 15 years ago, twenty years ago. Like this is not a new thing. It's just not.
1: Yeah. We it, just need to get with the program. I mean, there are countries that we we refer to as third world countries in order to denigrate them that have female presidents, female prime ministers, and majority female parliaments. And we pretend that they're the backwards ones, that they're somehow retrogressive? Hell no. I mean, we we don't even have uh, women in our congressional leadership. I mean... Utah's at least made some strides. I mean, I didn't much like Becky Lockhart, but it was a big deal that uh, that she was the Speaker of the House for a while. It was a big deal that Oleen Walker was Governor of Utah for a while. Um, yeah. it, oh, man, what I would give to bring back Ann Richards as Governor of Texas right now. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. What I wouldn't have given to have Wendy Davis bring beat Greg Abbott and be our governor right now
0: someone posted I don't remember what I posted something and it was like oh the state of Utah like it's possibly blue that's amazing and immediately I had my cousins my male cousins get on there and be like, Utah's not liberal, it'll never be blue, Utah will never be blue, it's not liberal, you don't know what you're talking about, woman. Like, they didn't say it quite like that, and if you're listening, I, I love you. <laughs> um, they are, two of my cousins, but I very much do. <laughs> They're some of my favorites, but, um, like, Salt Lake, just elected a lesbian female mayor? I'm sorry, that's pretty damn liberal. That's pretty blue.
1: And and I know <laughs> I know Jackie Beskowski. She's pretty liberal too.
0: Yeah, she she is. Like very liberal. So I'm sorry. If that happened, Utah is getting more liberal. Yay! So let's stop passing these bullshit laws.
1: Well and that only
0: affect women.
1: I, I think, you know, you talked earlier about this phenomenon of uh, candidates running as democrats who feel that they somehow have to kiss the pro-life ring and in order to pass some sort of a litmus test
0: i know where they can put that ring
1: (laughs) yes anyway (laughs) um so uh but it's it's ridiculous that we think that somehow you have to pass that religious test which let's be honest That's what this is. This says, don't worry Mormons. I'm one of you. I share your values. Guess what? I'm LDS, but if I'm running for a Congress, if I'm running for state legislature here in Texas, I am 100% pro-choice. I like, look, I'm personally pro-life in like my family, but so are most Americans. But in terms of public policy, it's the law of the land, and that's what we have to do because we will have fewer abortions and they will be safer and they will be more rare if we keep it legal, keep it safe, and make contraception available. It's, it's just... And I
0: just want to say that not every woman needing an abortion is a poor, single, abused, poverty-riven woman like there are good i get myself into trouble with this one there are reasons when you need to look at your family and say this is not the decision that i can make to take care of the family that i'm currently responsible for that can happen as a single person that can happen as a mother of one other child of five other children of A wife and a husband looking at their situation together and saying we are not on solid ground we cannot bring something else in that will tear us apart if we want to keep things together for the kids that we currently have or for the future like there are there are things beyond being a pregnant teenage woman that give good reason and moral obligation to having an abortion that is beyond the concept of someone who has never been in that situation. And and I think this kind of ties back into Harlequin, and this ties back into what I was saying at the beginning of this. When you come from a place of so much privilege that you don't realize you have it, when you have not been faced with these decisions in a way that you even realize that they exist for other people, that is a level of privilege that disqualifies you from placing judgment on anyone else. And until you understand that it's not an easy decision, it's not something that is taken lightly or taken for granted, if you get to the point that you are in that doctor's chair having abortion it has been a long and tedious and heart-wrenching experience to get there that that is something that should not be given to a man to put laws on it just isn't
1: it just breaks my heart because I think about my my wife or my daughter and I'm like if they were ever in a situation where they felt like this was their best option i would want the process to be as humane and empathetic as possible because it's already a tough situation no one goes in being like oh yay hearts and flowers gonna get my abortion you know that's that's just not how it is um Speaking of of making it funny, um, there's a really great movie that came out a couple of years ago called Obvious Child uh, starring Jenny Slate and written by Jenny Slate uh, about her decision to have an abortion. Uh, Not a true story, fake story, um, but she meets a guy at a party, they have a one-night stand, and she's pregnant. And... um, it's you know she doesn't know the guy she has no idea where he is she is flat broke and about to lose her job and this is really her only option so um that that's what has to happen um it's a very touching movie a really really funny movie too because jenny slate is very funny but it humanizes the whole process, and I wish that people could understand and 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 feel that because um, it it's just like why do we why do we do this to people? If something is legal, why do you make it so impossible for them? Why do you make it so shameful for them to do it? I understand you want it to be illegal there's lots of things that I want to be illegal but you know just because I don't want you carrying your AR-15 around in my department store doesn't mean that you can't do it and it is a constitutionally protected right that you are allowed to make your own medical decisions and that is protected (laughs) and there's no if, ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I don't see an overwhelming public interest in telling you anything other than that. So I, I just... I mean, I, I understand... I, the only way I understand the pro-life movement is not because they are actually pro-life. I understand them because they are retrogressive, trying to control women, trying to enforce their idea of sexual morality and trying to punish women for what they feel are moral transgressions. And as someone who identifies as a Christian, that makes me very upset because Jesus would not act that way towards a woman seeking an abortion. I'm sorry, but if you think that in your heart of hearts, you and I believe in different people. And and that makes me very sad.
0: Yeah, I, I hear your, like, <laughs> what else do you say to that? And I, I think that the movement should be re-labeled pro-birth, not necessarily pro-life. Yeah. <laughs> because when it comes to quality of life and supporting and providing for that child they're not there and it's not just a matter of well if you don't want to have a baby just give it up for adoption because because if that's what you want then why are all of you women who are so concerned about all the other women who can't have babies and who, who are looking to adopt and different things every one of you then should be obligated to be a surrogate mother for them Like, if if that's what you're requiring of someone who has had sex, is that they, by having sex, are then required to have a baby and give it to someone else, then every single woman should be required to do that every time they have sex. Like, that is a ridiculous, ludicrous notion that because an action was taken that they are therefore responsible to create make give birth to a life and then give it away yeah as though they didn't do that just because like, like i don't i don't understand how they don't see how insane that is
1: well and in the same way that we look back at first wave feminism and having to literally fight and die for the right to vote to not be beaten by their husbands legal beatings you were allowed to beat your wife in most states uh, to, to rape your wife you were not required to have consent uh, if you were legally married then like people are going to look back on our generations and be like we can't believe that for 40 years in the United States they didn't recognize basic bodily autonomy that a woman needs to control her own reproductive choices. It's its just, it's absolutely ridiculous, and it's really kind of frightening.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. <sighs> and that, as they say, is about all there is to say about it, I guess. Um, we need to be involved, we need to be Concerned and aware and making each of our great states even greater. And uh, you can't sit by idly and think that things are going to get better. And if, if you feel like you're already there, if life is already good for you. Um,
1: if, life's already, if life is already good for you, that's when you look around and say, Oh, how can I lift other people up to this plateau where I'm at? that's what you do
0: if this is acceptable and good then then look at why other people are having a problem look at if if there are this many people struggling then how do we make it better Yeah, and and start to do it so Uh, Andy Wilson any last words from you sir
1: can we talk about comic books some more
0: yes as long as it's not civil war because you're wrong
1: (laughs) i am not going to argue with you on your own podcast
0: i know that's why i said it (laughs) um thank you so much for being on the show again andy you're you're always amazing and insightful and wonderful thank
1: you i'm i'm the token male feminist
0: hey you know i gotta have you yeah Thanks for talking about Privilege with me once again.
1: You're
0: welcome. And Rape. Yay! Rape. I don't think I've ever said those two words in connection to each other before. Nor do I think I'll ever say them again. So, um, On that note, I look forward to speaking with all of you again. Um, If you would like to send in any suggestions or comments or emails, um, please feel free to reach out. Uh, we are on Facebook at Not Entirely Perfect Podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at Not Entirely Perf, P E R F, and um, Gmail at Not Entirely Perfect Podcast at Gmail.com. So um, thank you for coming and listening again, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Till then, damn the men, save the empire.
1: you <music> say